0: Good morning, that was Lisa Stanfield all around the world. You are listening to Riverside Radio with Rosie here and this is the Saturday Splash. You must know by now, the Saturday Splash is our new show where we are celebrating nature in our local southwest environment. And today... We're not just celebrating nature, we are celebrating International Day of Women and Girls in Science. So this was yesterday, so we are a day late celebrating. But this is a day to celebrate the remarkable achievements of leading women scientists all around the world and inspire and increase women and girls to take up research and science themselves. And I've got to say, I have my favourite female scientist that I'm very lucky enough to work alongside in my day job. I'd like to introduce Zoe. Hello, Zoe. Hi, Rosie. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Quite excited. I am so excited. Now, Zoe, one of the reasons why you are my favourite scientist, not just female scientist, you are my favourite scientist, is because when we usually work together, you are dressed up as a giant octopus. Yep. Yeah. That, is, that is what we normally do, yeah. <laughs> now that isn't all you do, is it? And it's a no. very good reason why you do that. Tell us a little bit more
1: about your job. Um, so I am the curator of fossil cephalopods and brachiopods at the Natural History Museum. And the reason why I dress up as an octopus is for our dinosaurs events. events. Uh, Rosie and I do a science show. Um, I'm not wandering around the museum dressed like that all the time. Um, I do all sorts of other things. Um,
0: <laughs> so yeah. you're, you're kind of... Day job when you're not dressed as an octopus is looking after fossils of octopuses and squid and other bits and pieces like that.
1: Yes, so I'm responsible for nine thousand drawers of fossils, which sounds so daunting, but we do have systems in place so I can find things.
0: That is a lot of fossils. Now some of the fossils that maybe our listeners might be familiar with are things like maybe ammonites, like the spiral swirly ones. Is that the kind of thing you, you work with?
1: Yeah, so um the careful pods that's the ammonites. The majority of the collection is ammonites. Um you mentioned that I look after fossil octopuses, but they are are really quite rare we actually have four in the collection
0: oh wow only yeah. four only
1: four. Oh, um, wow they're really rare it's because they're squishy squishy things tend not to fossilise very much um, yeah when you think of fossils you tend to think more of like shells and yeah. teeth and bones and sort of dinosaurs and things but occasionally you get special things, and you get squishy octopuses for fossils
0: and and these fossils, I'm guessing they're animals that were alive quite a long time ago, so like a few hundred or maybe thousand no, probably more than that, isn't it, millions of years ago?
1: yeah, so um the collections I look after we've got everything from about four hundred and ninety five million years old, Wow, up until sort of
0: two or three two or three million, yeah. Million years. So yeah, we're talking about a huge timescale here. Massive timescale. Way back in like Jurassic Oceans or even maybe before the dinosaurs.
1: Yeah, before the dinosaurs. So when life was sort of starting to get going in the Cambrian, we've got specimens from then. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Okay, so you are very lucky. and you, It sounds like you work with some amazing things. We'll hear a bit more about them in a bit. But you're also a local scientist as well. You're, you live in southwest London. I do. I live in Putney. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And have you lived there for a long time? Um, no, we moved here in October, actually. Oh, ah, welcome. Thank you. Welcome to southwest London. <laughs> amazing. Now... I am very excited you're here, obviously. And we are celebrating women in science today. That was our international celebration day yesterday. All around the world, everyone was celebrating. But do you have any inspirational female scientists that inspire you?
1: Yes. So um, she was my predecessor at the museum. Oh, wow. um, A lady called Helen Muir Wood. Oh. She was the first woman to be the deputy keeper of a science department. Okay. At the NHM. Oh, that's a big deal. It's a really big deal. She also wrote so met- a daunting amount of publications. Like, I will never match her. Wow. Um, and apparently she was very, very supportive of particularly young women. If you were a man, she would be more terrifying. She very much stood her ground and sort of okay. had very high standards of people using the collections.
0: Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I would
1: have loved to have met her.
0: That's amazing. So you're looking up to Helen, a bit like a mentor. And what I love about you, Zoe, is every time we work together, we work with kids. The little girls in particular come up to you and say, can I be a scientist too? Yeah,
1: absolutely. (laughs) I find it really frustrating when people sort of presume that to be a scientist or particularly to be a paleontologist, that you have to be a male, which is so not true. I've got so many kick-ass colleagues who can wheeled hammers and pickaxes just like the men the girls driving the forklift trucks around oh yes
0: that is good to hear now we're going to hear a little bit more about your job and what you get up to but for now no time for tears by nathan (laughs) Dorr. We are celebrating International Day of Women and Girls in Science, and we are still joined by Zoe. Hello. (laughs) Hello, Zoe. Now, you've been telling us that you work at the Natural History Museum. I do. And you look after loads of fossils of things like ammonites and maybe some squid and octopus in there as well. So can you tell us about your favourite specimen, either that you look after or just there at the museum?
1: um, So this is really hard. Okay. I look after a lot of things. And is it like choosing between your children? It is choosing between your children, but <laughs> I, I do have a favourite child. Okay, um,
0: yep, fair enough. I think most people probably Yeah. Do.
1: <laughs> so I mentioned um, that we do have, like, four fossil octopuses in the collection, and my favourite specimen was one of those. Okay. Because it's amazing. It is what a researcher that specializes in fossil octopuses has said to me it's probably the best preserved fossil octopus
0: in the world in the world yeah oh wow and, it's, and you look after it i look after it oh, yeah. wow <laughs> um yeah it's
1: just beautiful you can see all the arms and the suckers it's even got fossilized eyes
0: oh wow which
1: is amazing
0: yeah because you said that the squishy things like skin eyes I guess octopus flesh just yep. doesn't usually become a fossil.
1: No, it doesn't usually fossilise, but this one is just so incredible, like oh, absolutely perfect.
0: Fantastic. Oh, it sounds amazing. I, I'll, I'll be I'll be coming in to see if I can see that next Please time do. I'm at the museum. That sounds very, very And how old, how long ago did that animal live, roughly?
1: That one is about 96 million years old. It's incredible that there was absolutely an animal amazing.
0: alive that long ago that... Yep. You have, and obviously it's not alive anymore, it's in a a fossilised state. So if, if you know, some of our listeners maybe have heard that word fossil before but don't really know what it means, how would you describe what a fossil really is? So in the
1: simplest term, it's an animal that has been turned to stone. Okay. Really. So, yeah, it's... Basically, a rock fossil, a rock octopus, even.
0: Okay, so I'm imagining, of, for your favourite specimen, is it's a it's, it's rock, but in that rock is you can see almost the pattern, the shape of this animal that lived that long ago. Yeah. So it's not
1: three dimensional. It's not like an octopus that you might sort of imagine swimming in the yeah, sea. Yeah. Okay. It's flat on it's the rock. Flat. The rock's about sort of thirty-five centimeters long okay and the specimen is probably about 25 centimeters i'm trying to remember
0: okay so not huge but it's like not huge, a decent no. size
1: yeah it's a decent size so yeah the fossil octopuses that we've got none of them are really really very very big i think the biggest one we've got is about 30 centimeters whereas octopuses today the biggest one is the giant pacific octopus and that can grow to like 16 feet i think that 16
0: one is. feet oh wow i'm five and a bit bu- a bit at yeah. all so that's like three of me yeah oh my goodness okay so you've brought us on to like living species yeah most of the things that you work with are kind of fossilized so they're not really around anymore no so much but do you have a favorite type of octopus squid or other other kind of animal like that that i do is, yeah can you tell us
1: um so my favorite animal and what alive in the world today is something called the blanket octopus the
0: blanket octopus
1: yeah okay. they're
0: not sighted very often because they live quite deep down okay so quite deep we're thinking you know Finding Nemo, head down into the deep abyss. Yeah, it's dark. Okay. Um, and
1: we don't spot them very often. Right. And the thing that's really cool about them, so cephalopods all through time have shown exceptional sexual dimorphism. Okay. So that is like where the male and the female are very different in okay. some way.
0: So in these types of octopuses, the, the males, the boys and the girls look really different. Look
1: really different. Okay. So an example of that that you've probably sort of seen around, um, peacocks.
0: Oh, yeah. The male
1: is really fancy and the female sort of brown. Um, but... These octopuses, so the female can grow to 12 feet long. Oh my goodness, these things are huge. So that's like two
0: rosies. Two rosies tall, okay. Yep,
1: whereas the males only grow to an inch long.
0: An inch? Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's just like the top bit of my finger there. Yeah, exactly. Okay, um, so the females are massive and the males are tiny. Yeah,
1: but what's really cool about them, so they're called blanket octopuses, so between, I think it's the first and second arm on each side, Okay. the female has a membrane, so it looks okay. kind of like a cape, so almost like... Superman octopus um, <laughs> that she can unfurl to make herself look bigger in oh, the ocean. Wow. And the male can do something even cooler. Um, so he can go into the tentacle mass of Portuguese men of war. So they're those things that look like plastic bags floating around.
0: Oh, a bit like a jellyfish almost. Yeah, 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 the blue yeah. things with the tentacles in the water. Yeah. So okay. he
1: can like grab bits of the tentacles off
0: what? and then wield them like whips to defend himself. What is going on? Yeah. Hang on a minute. The male octopus swims up to this... Jellyfish like creature. Yeah. Steals some of its tentacles
1: and does what with them. And like can wield them like wits, so like flick them around to defend himself.
0: Oh my goodness. I guess being only an inch small, he he needs some sort of tactic. And I just think that's the coolest animal in the world. I, I think you have convinced me that yeah. is absolutely bizarre. I think I'm going to be Googling, what What was the name of the animal? Blanket octopus. The blanket octopus. I think I'm not going to be the only one in southwest London Googling the blanket octopus <laughs> after this. Now, in a moment, we're going to be speaking about some, maybe, of these creatures that are a little bit closer to home, yeah. aren't we? Okay, but for now, let's have some more music with RD. This is real. And we are still joined in the studio with the lovely Zoe, our scientist. Hello, everybody. Hello again, Zoe. Now, so far, you've been telling us a little bit about what you do, what you get up to. You live in southwest London. You're pretty much a neighbour of Riverside Radio. Um, and you've been telling us about your favourite weird and wonderful squid and octopus things that live out there. Yes. Before the break there, we just heard about the blanket octopus. Yes. Do you have any others? I feel like this is such a this wealth of creatures out Uh, there that are weird and wonderful
1: there are so many weird and wonderful creatures out there okay another creature um oh i think the nautilus is up there
0: the nautilus now that rings a bell but can you describe what it looks like just so they
1: are a spiral shell so a little bit like an ammonite okay and then you've got like a squishy creature with about 90 little tentacles
0: sticking out the front 90 tentacles yeah <laughs> how does um, it fit all in <laughs> well they
1: kind of sit in the end of their at their shell they okay. don't fill the whole shell okay um and they tend to look sort of stripey stripey okay yeah so they are they're kind of cream in color with sort of bright orange stripiness.
0: okay um
1: and the patterns allow them to be not visible in the sea, so it gives them some camouflage with the light coming down in the ocean.
0: Okay, so definitely like an ocean, yeah, open ocean creature almost. Yep. Yeah. stripy shell, ninety tentacles. Yeah,
1: and it's called a nautilus. It's called a nautilus. They're probably about oh, what's that, fifteen centimeters long, twenty okay. centimeters long. Okay, so not not huge. They're not massive. Relatively um, small. Okay, they've been around on Earth for four hundred ninety-five million years. Oh, so not long then. No, not long at all. <laughs> wow. Um, and yeah, they're just kind of really cool. I'd love to see one. Okay. But they are quite endangered because, as with a lot of things with beautiful shells, people like to have a beautiful shell in their house. Ah, hands. I see. Yeah. Um, they have recently been given some more protections. That's great. So that's really good news. Um they're just really cool. They live really deep down. Yeah. So they live, They the deepest they can go is about 700 metres, which is really deep. That's
0: fantastic.
1: They tend to live in beautiful tropical places.
0: OK, um, so we need a holiday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so sort of around Fiji and the Indian Ocean and all around those sorts of places.
0: okay. dokey. All right. So we've heard about the blanket blankets, octopus. We've heard about nautilus. I'm going to get Googling. I'm going to find out what Fabulous. these things look like a little bit. Now, I'm curious to hear a little bit more about any more local ones we've got. And we will dive into that and see what I did there. Dive into yeah. that after the break. <laughs>
2: Online at Riversideradio.com on your smart speaker.
0: Play Riverside Radio.
2: And now on DAB Digital Radio welcome
0: back to Riverside Radio with Rosie and our very special guest Zoe. Hello. Still here. Zoe has been telling us about her favourite octopus and squid species that live out there and nautilus species yep. as well. But Zoe the ones that you've been talking about I'm guessing we're not going to find them in southwest London.
1: No um, so all cephalopods live in the sea and there's no sea here so. Okay yeah. so
0: are there any kind of similar types of animals that we might see around local.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, cephalopods um, and mollusks, okay. as are gastropods.
0: Gastropods.
1: Yeah, so that includes things like slugs and snails, oh. which you definitely should be seeing.
0: Yes, absolutely. Slugs and snails in my garden all yep. the time. Do you know what? I absolutely love snails. I do too. I think they've got a bit of a bad reputation. They really do. Can I tell you a story about when I was younger with snails? Please do. I used to. We used to see snails all the time in my mum's flower pots. And I don't know if you should do this. Maybe you'll tell me off. Maybe it was a little bit naughty. But we used to mark their shells with a tiny bit of nail polish and then put them at the end of the garden and then see how many days it would take them to get back up to the front door.
1: That's really scientific. So what you were doing is kind of like a capture and release
0: Experiment And some of them were faster than others, some of them like we were like, oh we haven't seen that one in ages. That's really cool. I love them, I just used to love watching them, my my mum less so because they ate her plants, but I think they got a bit of a bad rep.
1: I think they do, I mean yes if you're a gardener a lot of people don't like them because they tend to eat your plants, but you can plant plants that you don't care so much about, Ah. like marigolds and then they will attract the slugs and then hopefully that'll keep your veggies safer. Okay, cool. Um, But yeah, they totally have a bad rap. Like, they're so cute and they are really useful.
0: Useful? Yeah,
1: so um, they go around... Without slugs and snails and without a lot of these sorts of creatures, we would be up to... Oh, the world wouldn't be very nice because they eat quite a lot of things that have died, poo. (laughs) So, if without them...
0: They're they're sort of like decomposers?
1: Yeah, so they, they eat stuff that's lying around. Like I've seen um, oh, that awful moment when you stand on a snail.
0: Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. I hate it.
1: I had one in my um, front path in my old house and I'd stood on it and it made me cry.
0: Yeah, no, it's a horrible feeling to step on a snail shell and you hear that crunch.
1: But then gradually over the next few days, I noticed that the other snails in the garden were eating it, particularly the shell, because they need calcium carbonate, like shell, to be able to build more shells. So by eating the shells... Of snail of other snails, it helps them. So oh. if you do see snail shells, try and leave them alone, leave them where they are, because you'll help the living snails.
0: Okay, so if we see like empty ones yeah. where maybe a snail hasn't done too well, leave them, and something else might gobble it up. Exactly. I didn't know slugs and snails were so important. To They're our so gardens. important. Ah, so even though they got a little bit of a bad reputation. Hmm. We we should still give them a little bit of love. Absolutely. Do you know what? I'm going to crown today not just, like, a celebration of international women in science, but also, like, a super slimy Saturday. I feel like we've got a bit of a vibe there. Yeah. Do you know what? That makes me think we should play a little bit of a game. I've been thinking, I want to test you. Okay. I would like to play a game called Are You Squidding Me? Excellent. I mean, it is the nation's favourite game, of course. Everyone's playing it on the streets, everywhere. So I'm going to give you three... Statements. Okay. Two of them are true and one of them I've just completely made up. Now, this is from my research. Okay. And it is about snails. Okay. Okay. So, three of them are true. Sorry, two of them are true and one of them I've completely made up. Okay. So, statement number one is almost all snails have a clockwise spiral. If you think about that spiral. Okay. Statement number two is that some snails have hairy shells. And statement number three is that snails have three lungs. Now I'm not gonna get you to reveal your answer yet. I tell you what, we'll go to a song and we'll do the reveal afterwards. This is Lost Frequencies featuring Callum Scott. good morning welcome back to riverside radio that was lost frequencies featuring callum scott and we have just been invaded in the studio we have just been joined by amelia and zach as part of our radio club hello good morning amelia good morning hello zach Good morning good morning it's lovely to see you both we haven't seen you in a couple of weeks now we're also joined you haven't formally met this is zoe one of our scientists that i work with at the museum hello and Woo, Fae. Fae. oh and given giving us all the support as well it's a busy happy family here <laughs> in the <laughs> studio this morning now zoe is a squid octopus specialist and we have been playing a game called are you squidding me uh. oh zach come on you love it really <laughs> now i've got three facts well three statements two of them are true they're about snails. Two of them are true, and one of them is false. I I I actually
3: really like snails. Do you? And um, when I was younger, I had four. Well, when I was younger, I had three snails, and then when I was older, I had another one.
0: So you're but, a snail fan too? Yeah.
3: Zach, I would
1: love a pet snail.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're not bad for gardens. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> i I'm, I'm, I'm sensing we might need to convince Zach a little bit more. Okay, here are your three statements. Okay, remember, two are true, one is false. Shoot. Almost all snails are right-handed so that means they have a clockwise spiral number two is that some snails have hairy shells and number three is that snails have three lungs so two of them are true one of them is false i'm gonna go to zoe first of all which one do you think is false i think
1: it's the lungs one i think they've only got one you think they've got one lung
0: Zach, Amelia, any
3: thoughts? Well, I, I know snails have more than one heart. Oh. And um, I'm not sure about... Well, I think every snail that I've seen has um, the spiral the right way. So and I've, I've never seen in all my life of looking at snails, which doesn't sound like I have much experience, but trust me, I do. <laughs> um, I think... I think Snails don't have hair on their shell. You, I, you're
0: I, going for hairy shells?
3: Wait, no. I think I think it's either the hairy shell or the lung one. Okay. What about you, Zach?
2: Um, I feel like it's the right spiral because three lungs, it sounds crazy, but it's usually the crazy stuff that's true.
0: Do you know what? You're, you are right in the fact that it's normally the crazy stuff that's true, but... Zoe, our expert, funnily enough, got this one right. There are some hairy snails out there. I I urge you to Google hairy snail. It is quite unsettling. Almost all of the snails are right-handed. Yeah. Well done, Amelia. Good observation skills. Now, Zoe has got another round of are you squidding us for us. So let's hand over to Zoe. Okay. So my three facts. Um,
1: All octopuses are venomous. All octopuses are venomous. So that's number 1. That's number 1. Number 2. Octopuses have eight tentacles. Okay, octopuses have eight tentacles, number 2. I forgot my third one. Hang on. Oh my gosh, this is really
0: unprofessional. Uh,
1: octopuses all live in the ocean.
0: Octopuses all live in the ocean. Okay, well we'll have a little think about that. Let's have some Megan trainer whilst we think. We are in the middle of the nation's favourite game, Are You Squidding Me? We're here with our Radio Club students and with Zoe, our scientist. Now Zoe, you have three statements for us. Two of them are real, two of them are true, one of them is false. Please yep. remind
1: us. Okay, so all octopuses are venomous, all octopuses have eight tentacles, and all octopuses live in the ocean.
0: Okay, I'm going to hand over to Zach and Amelia. Do either of you have a feeling which one is the false statement?
1: I feel like maybe maybe the
3: venomous one, because I've never heard of a venomous octopus. Okie dokie. But, I yeah. don't know.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely will have to agree with her on that one. I've never heard of a venomous octopus in all of my life. In all of so, your 15 years. In you know, <laughs> my hard 15 years of living on this beautiful earth, I've never heard of a venomous octopus. Yeah, so.
3: it's usually, I think it's usually squids who are, who are venomous and mm-hmm. like jellyfish and that kind of stuff, but... Also, I, I don't know. I don't know much about octopus, so take what I'm saying with a, with a grain of salt. Well,
0: I think we should find out the answer. Um, so, our, our lovely radio students are saying the false statement is all octopuses are venomous. Zoe,
1: um, that's wrong. I'm afraid the false statement was octopuses have eight tentacles. What? They, they have what? no tentacles. Oh, t-
2: oh,
1: mm. They have oh, eight come arms. Come on. <laughs> it's not fair.
2: You worded it the wrong way. Right. <laughs> so if
0: they don't have any tentacles, what do they have? So they've got arms. So they've got eight arms. Yeah. What is the difference between an arm and yeah. tentacle?
1: Okay, so an arm um has suckers all the way from the tip to the the top where it meet oh. they all meet at the top where the mouth is. Um, a tentacle just has suckers on the end and the rest mm. of the Tentacle is smooth.
0: Oh, oh. so we, 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 we're we sleepy as <laughs> Saturday morning. We would have yes. got that. We would have got that. Um, so octopuses, you heard it here, guys. No tentacles. Wait, octopuses?
2: Yeah. Is, is that a word? Or oh, oh, is it octopuses? octopi? No, no yeah, I'm pretty sure it's octopi.
1: I'm afraid yeah. you're wrong again. It's octopuses <laughs> oh, no. or octopodes. Did if you Wait, what? I've
2: been brought up my entire life to think that it was octopi. How was it octopuses? That's...
1: Yeah. And what, what, what's
3: octopods? You yeah. know what? Isn't that something in octonauts? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that the big building they all I live know, in. Zoe, so, can you explain it for us?
1: Okay, so um, octopus is a Greek word, and when you pluralise with an I, that's a Latin pluralisation. So you're actually trying to squish two old languages together by calling them octopi. So it is octopuses. It's octopuses, or octopodes if you're feeling fancy.
0: I think I'm feeling fancy. Octopodes. octopodes. Or do you, are, we, are we okay with octopuses? I'd like op- yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah, a, a, controversial subject, it's because, a controversial subject. It's a controversial subject. Okay, well, <laughs> let's continue our octopuses, octopodes, but definitely not our octopi chat, after some Dance Monkey. This is free we are almost coming to the end of our saturday splash. i've had so much fun today. yeah. yeah. we're still here with Zach, amelia and our fantastic scientist zoe. but i we've been talking squid, we've been talking octopus, we've been talking snails and slugs. it's a very slimy saturday so far. Um, amelia, did you have a question or, or something to, what you wanted to share with us?
3: um yeah, cuz when i was when i was younger especially, i really i really liked snails, so when when i was at someone's house i decided you know what i'm going to google whether whether snails have heart attacks because wow it because um, when i would go to that person's house i'd pick up snails and the mum was like oh yeah you're gonna give the snail a heart attack right okay. so i wanted to see if that was correct it and
1: it said it was but it was google so let's
0: well, see
3: what
1: zoe thinks so i don't know about like your snails you'll see in your garden but Another type of snail relative called a limpet, which is also a gastropod.
0: I know limpets. Yeah, yeah, a
2: Stick
1: onto rocks, right? I don't know how true it is, but apparently, um, well, yeah, I've heard rumours that if you kick limpets off the rocks, kick you rim-s? can what? give them, because it's such a sudden Well, I mean, obviously, removal. if you yeah, got kicked the... off a
2: rock, when you have a heart attack? I yeah, mean...
1: it can kill them. Oh, no. Okay, so <laughs> don't, don't, kick <laughs> don't kick limpets off rocks. Don't kick
0: limpets off rocks. No. Um, try not to give snails heart attacks they may or may not have yeah but how many hearts do they have i think they've got three three hearts i think i'm not a snaily person i know octopuses have three and blue blood is
1: that correct uh yes yeah Yeah. because instead of iron that we have in our blood they have copper which makes it blue
2: isn't copper extremely conductive it's an extremely conductive material
1: yeah but not in that then the cyoglobin, it could be There's like, like yeah. Oh. yeah.
3: I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be reactive when it's inside a creature. I don't. You know. Well, I don't think electricity is going directly <laughs>
0: into the no. into the creature. and it's though.
1: not like copper as such.
0: It's yeah, yeah. copper
1: mixed
2: like with yeah. their compounds. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I feel like we have got some interesting discussions to take off air about copper conductivity yeah. in optics. Our, our,
3: our science teacher will be
0: very disappointed <laughs> that we don't know much about Shout copper. Shout out to your science teacher. Well, thank you all so much for joining me on Saturday Splash. We will be back next week where we will be celebrating some more nature in south-west London. Zoe, I'd like to say a huge thank you for you for getting up early on a Saturday coming to join us. Thank you for having me. It's will been really fun. Will you back? Will yeah. to see us? Yeah, I'd um, love to come Back. Amazing. Thank you so much. Amelia, Zach, it is a delight as always. Lovely to come on, as always. And you will be hearing more from the radio club students, hopefully a little bit later today. The news will be coming up at 11 but for now we have Bambi Brains and Afro (laughs) B.